From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Well, yes, Mr. Robert, thank you very much. It's me, Mike. Mike Davidson lives. Thanks for downloading this latest podcast, hanging out with me for the next half hour, give or take a few minutes here or there. Happy July 4th weekend or week or however you're celebrating this. I'm not sure how many days you have off when you got them off. Just uh, celebrate responsibly-ish America's 247th birthday. And despite the morons that run this country, despite a lot of things that go wrong in this country, it's still the best country in the planet. Love it. Couldn't ask for a better place to live. Uh, starting off on a serious note, our, our family was hit with a loss this week. Thursday, uh, we had to say goodbye to Phoebe, uh, Phoebe the cat. Uh, my wife has had her 13, 14 years uh, before she even met me. And that's that's the thing. Is like up until Thursday, I had known my wife and this cat for uh, as long equally. You know, what, about a decade, 11 years. Um, and my wife had her a couple years prior, um, and it, it it's really breaking her heart. It tore me up because, you know, Phoebe was such a big part of our lives. Uh, before we got married, uh, as we were having kids, you know, moving from Kokomo to Fort Wayne, a lot of transition, a lot of change. Uh, but yeah, this is... Um, you know, how, how some people are cat people or dog people. And it's because they had that one cat, that one dog that just was amazing. And it was the best pet ever. And Phoebe uh, is definitely head of the class of the best pet ever category. Um, not to... I feel a little uncomfortable because, you know, it's getting into my wife's personal life. So I'm going to spare you a lot of details. When she got Phoebe, Phoebe was a kitten. This was years ago. Uh, she was in a bad relationship with a complete knob. And this knob eventually broke her heart. And, you know, this was uh, after they broke up. She was at her parents' house. She was crying. And this young kitten, Phoebe, jumped up and started licking her tears. And, and my wife knew that this pet was something special. And she was. And then... Um, you know, she eventually met me, and I eventually uh, met my future wife's cat, Phoebe. And upon the first time that she met me, uh, she bit me on the hand because she didn't know who the hell I was. Um, but after that, you know, my wife and I got very comfortable with each other. And there'd be nights in bed, I'd be laying next to my, uh, my, my girlfriend, now wife. And Phoebe would jump into bed and lay on my chest and just look at me, and my wife would just, you know, mock, have mock outrage, like, you're my cat, why are you sitting on his chest? Uh, but, but Phoebe was a great cat, and I, it's, um, like I said, it's tearing up my wife. Uh, she doesn't know what to do in terms of future pets. We do have another cat in the house, Kitty Pride. She's been with us for a few years now. She misses Phoebe. My wife doesn't know uh, if she wants to get another cat, or she wants to get a dog. She, she's been going back and forth on this last couple of days. I just, I think she should take her time. But the thing is, no matter what she does, uh, you know, she's got to realize that uh, the pet's got to be dog or cat, their own character, much like Kitty Pride's her own character, because there's no way you can replace a Phoebe. Phoebe's Phoebe. And she'll be in our hearts always. 
and God, it just, I, I was at work when they had to put her down Thursday. Uh, Phoebe had been suffering from kidney failure uh, last year or so. My wife's been giving her medication last two, uh, like last nine months, um, twice a week to sustain her, to make her feel better. And just the last few weeks just wasn't happening. And I had to say goodbye to Phoebe at work via video phone, and I, and I cried. I did. Um, but I tell you what, I, like, uh, I remember when my mom and our family lost Frankie, great dog, dumb dog, great dog, though, fun dog, uh, how tore up I was. And it was weird because, like, that dog was not, I, like, when my, my sister got the dog, I was in college, and then I was doing the adult thing, so I didn't see the dog all the time, but I was still heartbroken about it. But I was also single at the time, living by myself, and when you're by yourself, sad thoughts permeate a little more. I know this is heavier for my wife, but for me, I think it's been better as a coping mechanism to have my wife in my life, as well as our children, um, because it does help you, it does help pull you along. And let you know life will continue. Um, but Phoebe is among the elite class of dogs and cats. Best pet ever class. And uh, we miss you, cat. I definitely do. I want to miss you laying on my chest as I was sitting in a recliner reading at night. It's just, it's not the same. But uh, that's that's what we're dealing with. And as I said, like life does go on. And it, it is 4th of July weekend. And uh, our next, our neighbor, um, uh, Zach and Amelia, they were having a, a bunch of people over last night for fireworks. And uh, I kind of snuck over with Lana and Hazel. And by the way, or, no, Hazel. Hazel was at Grandma's. And by the way, shout out to Hazel because she was with my wife when they had to let Phoebe go. And she helped my wife through it. My wife, Hazel's four. Very brave girl. Very, very sensitive girl. But she was asleep at Grandma's last night. It was Lana, Logan, and I. Um, or me. We went over to Zach and Amelia's house. They had a bunch of people over shooting off fireworks. And I got to shoot off a Roman candle, which was pretty cool. Lana got to shoot off a Roman candle. She got to shoot off two Roman candles. She's five years old, and she uh, didn't lose a finger. It was great. She was very good with this. Didn't point it at anybody. Very mature for her age. Uh, a, a lot smarter, a lot more responsible with fireworks than most drunk adults. I'd say 87% of drunk adults. But she did very well. Uh, Logan was okay. Uh, you know, two-year-old guy going back and forth into the garage, eating all of her sweets, their cupcakes, their, uh, their cookies, feeding their dog potato chips. I had to take the potato chips away from the boy because, yeah, I understand dogs like potato chips, but uh, <laughs> you can't feed a dog potato chips, boy. And I had to keep getting that through his head. But he's two years old. He's two years old. Uh, but a lot of fun last night. And, uh, yeah, we'll shoot off some fireworks coming up here on Tuesday. All right. A uh, couple of notes here about the 4th of July. Uh, there's some parts of the country that are under drought watch. It's been dry in some parts of the country. I know up uh, in Canada, that country, they don't, they don't celebrate July 4th. For some odd reason, they've had wildfires because uh, it's been drier up there. But the uh, same is true here in the States. Uh, New Mexico, I guess 
what was this? The U.S. Forest Service down there is saying, "Hey guys, it's um, it's not con- uh, it's not ideal to shoot off fireworks. So why don't you just fire off silly string, which may even be lamer than uh, <laughs> than the uh, the drone laser light show, right?" Um, they're su- suggesting that, and then you had um, the environmentalists stick up or you know, pipe up going, well, no, that's bad for the environment because the chemicals get into the trees and everything. Look, if the, the I really don't care about the environmentalist here, but my thing is if you can't shoot off fireworks, don't try to substitute it. You know, Just go to the pool, swim, uh, grill out, put out your fire before... You walk away from it. If you can't fire off fireworks, you can still celebrate the 4th of July in your own unique ways. Going for stupid-ass substitutes like Silly String is just lame. It really is. It's like virgin beer or decaf coffee for 4th of July. If you can't have the real thing, why are you even bothering with the thing? Uh, But the nerds at the U.S. Forest Service suggested Silly String. That is up on the Mike Davidson Facebook page. Uh, This will soon be up of the Sausage Fascists. I don't know who you are. I guess there's like a hot dog um, sausage wiener council uh, run by wieners, and they tell you how to eat your hot dog, hot dog etiquette for the 4th of July. And they're saying there's no wrong way to eat a hot dog unless, of course, it's ketchup. And that is just not done by anyone who's older than 18. Uh, That's what kids do. Kids put ketchup on their hot dogs, so just don't do that. Never mind that this comes from... uh, uh, ground up pig asshole here. Uh, it's it's uh, it is a delicacy to them. Uh, but there is a survey recently that pointed out that uh, of the people that of the adults who eat hot dogs, sixty one percent of them put uh, ketchup on their hot dog because they don't give a rat's ass what the the Wiener Council says about it. So go be snobs elsewhere. Hey, speaking of snobs, you know how I am with movies. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Tumble of Doom. That's what they should call the Dial of Destiny. Um, I don't know if it's quite flash bad, but it's not great. Uh, since, was it Thursday or Friday evening, uh, it has pulled in $60 million. And as you know, diminishing returns with each and every weekend following. Um, so I mean, imagine if it's going to have a, strop, uh, a steep drop off for the second weekend. But this movie cost $300 million to make. Throw in about another $150 million to... To market the damn thing and then anything else and they're saying that the break-even point for uh, dial of destiny is 800 million but somebody was on um one of these one of these facebook groups that i uh follow and chime in on saying that well this is a number one movie how can you guys hate it you know it's just the haters you know saying it's not doing well well it's not doing well if it only pulled in 60 million dollars and uh, that, that's that's just it. And the reviews have been pretty mediocre. I mean, some people have gone there and said, I like it. Which, you know, different strokes for different folks. I just know that uh, a, an Indiana Jones movie that is CGI'd out the ass with an 80-year-old Harrison Ford trying to recapture his glory days just ain't going to cut it for me. Mm. I don't think he's going to cut it for anybody, really. But, I, you know, like I said, to each his own. Um, but where did I see this? I, I tried clicking on it. It was GQ uh, because of all the bad reviews for Dial of Destiny. Uh, they said it's time to go back and rethink how bad uh, Crystal Skull was and that it was actually better than you remember. And look, uh, 
I get it. Disney has screwed up properties like Indiana Jones and Star Wars. But keep in mind, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was a Spielberg-Lucas joint. And it didn't really do all that hot. And even though the prequels, the Star Wars prequels under Lucas did make money back and then some. Do you really hold them in the same esteem as the original trilogy? And the answer is no. You can still be critical of stuff that Steven Spielberg or George Lucas have done in the past. Uh, you just don't use a crap movie now to justify looking back at a movie going, Oh yeah, that wasn't all that bad. No, it was those those movies were bad. You can say they're bad. That's fine. Uh, just just kind of uh, memory holing initial reactions to this stuff. Speaking of bombs, also uh, the Flash in its what is it, its third week now, and there's like uh, twelve hundred theaters that it will not be before, uh, performing in next weekend uh, for the upcoming week for all the uh, new releases. Yeah, it's. Um, not doing so hot. In fact, uh, one article I looked at suggested that uh, The Flash would have lost less money had they not released it. And there are these fans of the Batgirl movie, which I don't know how you can be a fan of the Batgirl movie if it hasn't been released and you haven't seen it. And so you don't know how good or bad it really is. But they feel vindicated because that movie was scrapped because it would have made less. It, it would have cost less. Less money lost you know, with it being on the shelf. They feel justified by this. All right, uh, whatever. But uh, there's also other uh, rumors that The Flash could be the biggest bomb in WB history. The biggest bomb in Warner Brothers history. And I know a lot of it has to do with Ezra Miller being the title character and just being a colossal D-bag. Of course, the bad CGI doesn't help either. Uh, overselling this movie, saying this is the greatest superhero movie ever, as if people have never seen The Dark Knight, right? All, all the hype that turned out to be just smoke and mirrors, and I knew it was smoke and mirrors six weeks ago when I was seeing all this crap coming out about it. But what really sucks is that, uh, aside from the Barry, um, uh, Ezra Miller playing Barry Allen, I mean, Barry Allen is a comic book character. Great Flash. A great superhero. In fact, uh, the guy that took his place for a while, Wally West, was also a great Flash. The Flash himself, I'm, I'm a fan of the character, the concept, love the comic books, but I can't bring myself to go see a shitty movie starring an even shittier human being as the character. And you would hope that they learn from this. They won't. They won't. Now, Jonathan Majors, this is a different situation. Uh, the once and future may be king. Uh, you know, Quantumania didn't do all that well in the box office after it was number one earlier this year. It had a steep drop-off. Now he's facing allegations of uh, a domestic abuse from a former girlfriend. And to me, if anything, the, the whole Johnny Depp scenario, the saga, um, uh, some of these other issues were... Uh, where, where guys have been falsely accused by women because believe all women or something, and it turns out to be nothing. That could be the situation with Jonathan Majors. Maybe it won't be. But there was a new expose that came out a couple days ago uh, with 40 sources, uh, all, all unnamed, all unconfirmed, Suggesting that on the set of a lot of these movies, Jonathan Majors has been a colossal prick, uh, and not just because he's a method actor. 
by the way, method acting is um, uh, kind of a bane to me. But that's a rant for another day. But they're saying he was just uh, abusive, angry all the time, talked down to women. And given some of the accusations elsewhere, yeah, this, this expose would make a lot of people take notice and say, yeah, he doesn't deserve to be king and all this stuff. Here's the problem, though. The expose ran in Rolling Stone magazine. And this was a magazine that ran with a report years ago uh, with a source claiming that this fraternity in Virginia was raping women and raped this woman. And it turned out the woman was lying out her ass. And so the fraternity was uh, besmirched. A lot of guys had their reputations ruined, their their academic reputations ruined because this woman who had a hard-on against fraternities uh, decided to go on this crusade. Rolling Stone, being somebody that's down with uh, patriarchy, decided to run with it, and uh, they ended up with egg on their face. Now, if any other magazine ran this expose, I would give a little more credence to it, even though it's still the medium. But when you have the rep that Rolling Stone has, it's kind of hard to take it seriously. This, by the way, is not me defending Jonathan Majors. I'm not accusing him of anything else extra. I don't know what his character's like. The woman, the accuser, could be lying. The people in this expose could be lying. Or he could be a psychotic douchebag. It's quite possible. But it's kind of hard for me to start hand-wringing about this from a magazine that does not have a stellar reputation from a journalistic point of view. So I'm keeping my powder dry still on Jonathan Majors, but uh, it's not looking necessarily great for him. There's still the rumblings that he could be out as king. It's kind of a wait-and-see type of thing. All right, so um, Supreme Court had some rulings this past week, and they struck down affirmative action. And as you know, everyone had opinions about it. Daytime opinions about this uh, for those that stay at home without jobs and everything. And this goes back to when Jerry Springer died, and I said that uh, shows like The View and the Skip Baylesses and Stephen A. Smiths have had a worse effect on uh, American psyche than um, Jerry Springer ever did. Because at least with Springer, you can go, yeah, I'd, I, at least I'm not trailer trash. Whereas, you know, Whoopi Goldberg and Joy Behar actually take themselves seriously. So this, this, uh, this ruling comes down, affirmative action is toast. And everybody's upset about it. And Whoopi Goldberg... Uh, with all of her wisdom and thoughts, said that this could lead to discrimination against women in colleges. You'll see fewer women in college due to the fact that affirmative action is no more. Did a little research on this. Uh, of course, girls, gals, get better grades than dudes. That's just a commonly known fact. Because, you know... Women women are more committed to studies, whereas guys are more committed to fart jokes. I am exhibit A. But also, uh, back in 2020, uh, but before everybody was not allowed to have fun, 57% of all college students, I think, here in the United States were women. And if I know anything about universities, they can't get enough of that precious green. Hence why you have so many students in debt thanks to these lenders. 
There's no way in hell a college is going to discriminate against somebody because they have a vagina. If anything, you know, it doesn't matter the chromosomes. They're seeing dollar signs, okay? So that's that's the thinking that's going on on daytime television. And my only advice to you is continue to work your day job. And if you do retire, uh, throw out your television. Uh, you, there's a lot less ESPN to uh, see, by the way. Uh, they fired a bunch of people uh, Friday, uh, just to kind of give you a sign of how things are going with uh, Bob Iger and company over at Disney. Uh, some of those vo- uh, fired Max Kellerman, uh, Jalen Rose, not no real big loss. Uh, Van Gundy was fired. That was kind of surprising, but uh, Susie Colbert was fired. And I felt bad for her. She, of, of any of the pundits, I mean, she's been there the longest. She seems like a decent person. Uh, I thought when Joe Namath gave her the creepy old man kiss back uh, a few years back, she should have been tenured with the network. Like, you can't touch her. Like, yeah. <laughs> but she was fired. And I, and I always thought she did a pretty good job with uh, Monday, Monday Night Football uh, when she took over the reins there. Uh, but she got fired. Just give you a, a, an idea of what's going on over at ESPN. And I said that the Skip Baylesses and the Stephen A. Smiths have ruined uh, daytime TV. I'm going back and forth what was worse for ESPN, though. The loud screamer guys that wanted to cup LeBron James's balls or the liberal media pundits that like to wag their fingers at people who didn't disagree with them. And as bad as the screamers were and are, um, <laughs> the, the politics, I think, just killed ESPN. You know, you used to tune in for the sports and everything, and now and now there's a lot of uh, politi- uh, politicking and uh, no room for debate, like actual debate, not like uh, the size of LeBron James's balls here. Um, but that's what's going on, and of course, people are cutting cable, so it's hard to sustain. It's hard for it's hard to be the worldwide leader when nobody's watching your product, and uh, they can go elsewhere and watch it with streaming. And you're paying out the nose for the rights to air things like the NFL and uh, college basketball and the NBA. Uh, sooner or later, it catches up to you. And now that's what's going on with ESPN. And yeah, it's it sucks that some of the some of these pundits were all right in my eye. I can sleep soundly knowing that Max Kellerman and um, and uh, what uh, Jalen Rose are no longer on the network. I'm cool with that. Speaking of jobs lost, Isaiah Rogers cut by the Colts um, and uh, suspended at least for a year by the NFL for gambling. And he, what happened was he made a prop bet on uh, one of the running backs for the team, got caught. That's a no-no because you're involved in a game that you're betting on. And that uh, that's what kind of got the Black Sox in trouble back in 1919, I believe. I'm all right with him being suspended. If they want to suspend him longer, that's fine. But the, the thing I brought up last, uh, not too long ago, was, okay, you have these guys, these lesser-known players, getting in trouble gambling. What if you do get a night, uh, like a Joe Burrow or a Patrick Mahomes type, you know, up on that elite level, you know, somebody that looks to be bound for Canton. What if you get, what if this person gets caught gambling? Because they really do generate revenue for the NFL. What do you do then? And I, that this could be a bigger... This could be a scandal. It, what, what I'm talking about is hypothetical here. 
But like back in the late 90s when baseball was ignoring the fact that Sosa and McGuire and uh, suddenly jacked Barry Bonds were just, you know, knocking homers out of the ballpark. They just ignored it like, oh, that's natural. That sort of thing will kind of catch up with the NFL with now with this, uh, this whole thing with them scolding and punishing players but still taking money from FanDuel and BetMGM and all the like. So, Bears watching. I don't lose any sleep over Isaiah Rogers losing his job either. By the way, uh, I have this also linked up on the Mike Davidson page, uh, Facebook page. If you're of this organization, the National Harm Reduction Coalition, and they claim to be helping people uh, get over addiction. And the best way they uh, can think of helping them is handing out cleaner supplies to get high, like uh, meth pipe valentines and the like. And, you know, I'm re- reading this, and uh, they talked to a drug counselor in Portland, Oregon, and God help this person, uh, talking about how when people do this, brace yourself. It enables the drug addict, and it's not helping them. It's just uh, excusing them. It is letting them get away with this affliction. It's a big duh. I think a lot of us can agree with that. It's a big duh. But, you know, meth pipe valentines. Like, ugh. That, that's just so... That is so patronizing. Like, oh, this is the best you can do for Valentine's Day. Lose another tooth, uh, losing another brain cell. Yeah, but the the same mentality is permeating out in places like San Francisco, Seattle, with the you know, New York City free crack pipes in a vending machine, needles in the park, and all that stuff. And here you have this drug counselor again in Portland, Oregon. Oh Jesus, doing the Lord's work out there, right? Uh, but this organization's out there as a charity, and there are people that give money to this charity. It's it's the craziest damn thing. I, I don't understand this, but then again, this could be like uh, some have suggested the uh, the last days of the Roman Empire for us. But yeah, I just said this after wishing you a happy Fourth of July. Sorry. All right, uh, going on the cult of the Swifties. Uh, the, yeah, she had a, Taylor Swift had a big weekend. Uh, for the last few days, she was I think in Louisville, in Cincinnati, and of course. Uh, uh, her devout followers were out in the parking lot buying uh, the, the expensive t-shirts and everything. There was a woman, I think this was in Louisville, uh, being interviewed by TV uh, that called in sick to work to go to the show, but she didn't want her employer to see her do this. So she was being interviewed with a blanket on her head wearing sunglasses. I actually have a picture of that up on the Mike Davidson Facebook fan, uh, Facebook page as well. And I think she said something about naming her kid after Taylor Swift. Did a grown-ass adult woman doing this? Now, you know, my wife is named Lana after Lana Del Rey um, because she's a big fan of the singer. And uh, I actually took her to go see Lana Del Rey years back when we had time and money to do that sort of thing. Uh, But my wife would draw the line at this uh, because the cult of celebrity is pretty hollow, really. Um, you know, you, you can admire a performer and all that they do, but the fact that you're uh, devoting your life around one person to the point where you're hiding from your employer, that is pretty sad in my book. All right, um, vegans, what's up with them? Sounds like uh, Jerry Seinfeld there. 
Uh, there is now, I think Kraft Cheese is doing this. It's non-cheese, not cheese, something like that. And it's available in some stores, you know, American, Swiss, and Provolone. I th No, American, Provolone, and Cheddar are the flavors. And it, it's made, of course, from vegan byproduct. And um, it has no fat. It's not made from an animal. And it's supposed to taste like cheese. And it, it, this, again, one of my many rants is if you're a vegan and you're committed to being a vegan, I have no problem with you so long as you don't, you know, mess with my diet. I won't mess with yours. You don't mess with mine. It's just, you know, respecting boundaries. But what I don't get is when vegans, uh, you know, who don't want to harm animals, don't want to eat any product produced by animals, want to eat things that remind them that one time, once upon a time, they did eat animals and cheese. So like, you know, the veggie burger, okay? You make salad look like uh, something that was slaughtered on a killing floor. Now you've got not cheese, which looks like it comes out of a cow's teat. This is some really weird food cosplay. Just go, stick with the salad for crying out loud. Own up to who you are, man. Be the freak hippie you are. All right, so speaking of hippies, we'll wrap this up. Oregon has now passed the law where you can now pump your own gas. They haven't done this in 72 years. Yeah, you would go to the gas pump in Oregon and somebody else would pump it for you. But the, I guess the problem is they can't find enough people to, uh, to, to run the pumps at these gas stations. It's almost like they don't want to be employed. So they're just like, hey, you know what? Uh, we won't employ as many pump handlers. We'll make it an option for you, the consumer, to pump your own gas. Yeah, nobody ever said... That's the thing. When people bitch about uh, self-scanning registers at these stores, like, I should get paid by the store, you don't hear the same thing about pumping your own gas here because we just it's just assumed, okay, you can do it. You can do it. Most people can do it. Uh, I do it. My wife does it. My mom... I love my mom, but for some odd reason, she's never liked pumping her own gas. Don't know why. It's easy to do. She just doesn't like doing it. And I remember as a kid, she would drive us to the gas station. It would either be me or my sister uh, pumping the gas for her. And uh, the funny thing is, is my mom, not a hippie. She showers. It's crazy. All right. With that all said and done, again, happy 4th of July. Uh, we miss you, Phoebe. And until next time, stay fresh, cheese bags. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live.